thousands of Malaysians dead? You will not believe this story. Uh, Handicap parking arguments. (laughs) Yeah. And speaking of dead, the Squid Games coming back from the dead? Uh, Maybe. We have that and more coming up. Welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. Off to a rough start. Yes. (laughs) Oh, man. I'm telling you, it's just, it's going to be one of those nights. I can tell already it's going to be one of those nights. We are uh, more than one ingestion is using primary URL. Well, that doesn't make any sense, does it? Uh, All right. So we're live on Facebook, Rumble, YouTube, apparently, and uh, twitch.tv. But I have no idea why this is, uh, why more than one ingestion is using the primary URL. That can't possibly be true. Uh, But anyway, Apparently, we've got some issues, but we're recording tonight, so no worries. We will uh, we will get it up online if it's not online now. I know we're live on Facebook and Twitch.tv. YouTube is another question, and uh, Rumble is another question. I don't know why. But anyway, enough of that. We'll just move forward and hearty hi-ho. I'm wearing... No, it's not... See, just do, just do... It's not a Nike shirt because I am the most anti-Nike guy. I would never buy a Nike product in my life because of these woke morons. This is an anti-Nike Nike shirt. See, just do nothing. <laughs> yes, little delayed reaction. All right, uh, we got a Miko update, don't we? Let's do that. Miko update. Miki, Miki, Miko update. And Miko's doing well, as usual. And today, today we had a brand new, we were the first ones in our neighborhood to have the new smart meter installed. It comes with an app, and you know what I feel about apps. But anyway, no choice. Got to go with the flow. And so, yeah, there's a a new smart meter attached to our house. Uh, TNB, Tanaga National, uh, showed up today. That's basically our electric company here in Malaysia. And why am I talking about that with a Miko update? Here's why. Because while (laughs) while the TNB guy was out there installing the new meter, Miko was supervising. So there's Miko, and uh, there is the TNB guy putting the new smart meter on the house, and Miko did a great job supervising today. Uh, They were actually very friendly, these guys. Two guys from TNB showed up. Very friendly, very efficient. Took them about 15, 20 minutes is all. And a matter of fact, uh, there, that's our new smart meter. I blocked out all the important stuff. But uh, yeah, so that was Miko supervising the installation of our our new smart meter. <laughs> she did great. I think tomorrow we're going to take her to the dog park, by the way, because it's been a while since she's been there. Our Miko update, of course, is brought to you by BarkBox. BarkBox.com slash Miko is the place to go. What is BarkBox? BarkBox is a subscription service that you get if you're in the U.S., U.S. territories, or Canada. Uh, they don't ship internationally yet. But uh, if you are in the U.S., check them out and make sure you go to our special link, BarkBox.com slash Miko, M-I-K-O, and you will get an extra month for free. Every month, you'll get a box, and it comes with a couple of amazing 
toys for your dog. You can specify small, medium, or large. Depends on your dog's size. And a few bags of treats, which are all natural. Very good for you. And if your dog has any allergies, you just tick the box and they will make sure you don't get those kind. And, of course, a dog chew. That also comes. And every month is a theme. Like right now, I think September is back to school. So the treats and the the toys have something to do with some back to school kind of stuff. Every month they come up with a with a new one. I assume next month probably will be Halloween, uh, Thanksgiving, maybe for uh, November, Christmas, of course. Anyway, they come up with all these great creative uh, themes on BarkBox. Your dog will love it, I promise you. And their customer service is second to none. If you are never, if you are never satisfied with one of the items in the box, they'll replace it, no questions asked. And please do check out our special link where you will get an incredible deal with an extra month for free if you sign up for a multi-month subscription. Barkbox.com slash Miko, M-I-K-O. The link is the top link in our show notes, so check that out. And uh, do yourself a favor and do your little fur kid a favor. Head on over to barkbox.com slash Miko. That's the place to go. Alrighty. Uh, uh, we start off here with a really, wow, a really horrible story, actually. And I said, it's on World of Buzz. The link is in our show notes, and it is scary. We have a scam problem in Asia in general, Southeast Asia in particular, and Malaysia in particular. But um, it's gone to new heights, and it's become deadly serious, literally deadly serious. This article is in our show notes if you want to check out the whole thing. 10,000 Malaysian job scam victims allegedly dead in Myanmar, others tortured for weak performance. They'll get electrocuted for weak performance. The women will be forced into prostitution. The recruiting game to lure Malaysians to become part of a phone scam syndicate in Cambodia seems to be going strong. Uh, But what goes on behind the scenes can be unimaginably terrifying. A recent press conference held by the Malaysian International Humanitarian Organization, HMO, A few families were present, and they had a lot of insider knowledge to share with the public. One of the victims, who is currently trapped in Cambodia with the syndicate, revealed that a lot of Malaysian victims of the syndicate, sadly, are dead. And the number of casualties of Malaysian victims is truly a nightmare, reported to be possibly as high as 10,000 deaths. And apparently, the headline says, death is a mercy. When the victim sought help from his mother, he revealed that other victims in Cambodia will suffer far worse fates than death if they don't perform with their work. Electrocuted, if the shock kills them, their bodies are just dumped into the wild. Weak performance means the victims are not bringing any money to the syndicate. Uh, So to make up for the losses... The women are sometimes forced and sold into prostitution to make money for the syndicate. Some women forced to lose weight in three months before starting to receive customers, if you know what I mean. 
At a press conference, the mother, Chen, said that her two sons were deceived to work for the syndicate after they had been locked in a park in Myanmar since late March of this year. Initially, the boys were asked to travel from Ampang to Kelantan. Uh, that's here in Malaysia. And then they reached Kelantan. They were smuggled into Thailand through the waterways. Their passports were taken away by the smugglers once they reached Thailand. Chen added, she said her sons contacted her via email. Um, she further relayed the contents of the email, said the new batch of victims, up to 50 Malaysians, have been scammed and transported to, uh, transported to Myanmar as of Monday, just last Monday. She urged the public, and man, how true is this, do not trust these scam tactics. If you happen to be a family member of someone who you believe has been deceased, uh, deceived, uh, you can reach out to the uh, MHO. Their number is 014-994-6697. 014-994-6697. And hopefully it will serve as a reminder to everybody out there. Be more village, uh, vigilant in uh, your job offers. If it seems to be too good, chances are it is. Uh, don't screw with these people. Uh, you very well could wind up dead. Uh, this article is an important one. It is in our show notes. Please check it out yourself and share it out on your social media pages and let people know about uh, the dangers because these people are deadly serious. It is very scary. Uh, yeah, frightening stuff. Very frightening. All right. Um we all know what it's like, especially here in Malaysia, because parking spaces are at a premium. Uh, you, you see a nice, juicy parking space, only to find out it's a handicap space. Here in Malaysia, we call them OKU uh, spaces. Um, <laughs> well, this story from uh, heartwarming.com, the link is in our show notes. I took off my leg. You know, everybody... Everybody says, don't bitch at people who park in spaces that don't look like they're handicapped. Because there are a lot of handicaps, people who are qualified to park there, who may not have any outward appearance of being someone who is physically impaired. This woman asked if she was wrong to dramatically respond to a man who yelled at her for parking in a handicapped spot. Wait till you hear the story. It's just absolutely unbelievable. Uh, you're the only one who is legally entitled to utilize a disability permit after you've received it. Disagreements over parking spaces, on the other hand, occur way too frequently. Individuals trying to park nearer to the door, of course. In this story, a young woman who lost a leg and two or three fingers because of a horrific vehicle accident... Um, has of late encountered a showdown near a parking slot. And uh, this was her speaking in the first person when she wrote this about what happened to her. I was in a very bad car accident three years ago. A drunk driver ran a stoplight, cut off a semi-truck, then crashed into me, sending me crashing into two different cars and ultimately into an embankment. 
My car was mangled. My leg was crushed, completely destroyed. It had to be amputated. I also lost a couple of fingers, the tip of one and all of another. I'm left with some gnarly scars that used to bother me, but I'm learning to deal with them. And I got a couple of insurance payouts, some pain and suffering money in addition to the medical bills being paid. And with my money, I purchased a custom-made artificial leg to take the place of the one I lost. And when I have pants and shoes on, you can hardly tell unless you're really looking. I still limp, but some days I don't have as pronounced a limp with the artificial leg. Now listen to this. Earlier today, I went to the store with my boyfriend, my sister, her girlfriend, and her mother. I drove. I'd learned to drive with my left foot. I'm really good at it now. I also bought a new car with my money. And uh, Pegasi Des, thanks for the like. Appreciate that. Thank you, sir. Uh, also bought a new car with my money, went through a ton of therapy. So uh, because of my injuries, some issues with my lungs, some time spent intubated in a medical-induced coma, uh, I have a handicap placard for my car. I have trouble walking, getting around without getting tired, so it really helps to park close to the door. Today I did that and unknowingly took the space from someone who was circling back around for it. Apparently, the man had been looking for a close space and had missed the one I took and went down and around. He was still on the other aisle when I pulled in, so I didn't cut him off. Just had no way of knowing he wanted the spot. We parked in the yellow stripe zone, got out, and immediately began screaming about stealing a space from people who actually need it. Now, how I'm just some kid who has no respect for those who are truly sick and suffering. He then ordered me to move. Now, my group urged me to just walk away, but this has happened before, and once even the police were called. I'm sick of people thinking that just because I'm young, I don't have a legit need for a little extra consideration. I said, okay. I went to the car. I got in like I was going to drive off. I was wearing a skirt and leggings. So when I sat down, I took my leg off and showed it to the man, including my stump. I then asked him, is it okay if I park here now? He walked away calling me disgusting and rude and said I could have just told him instead of making him look stupid. I don't think you went too far, babe. Absolutely not. Mm -mm. Sometimes these people just need a shock to the system to wake up. Absolutely. Good on you. <laughs> nice job you're not supposed to park there you're not qualified oh yeah there you go look at this it's unbelievable all right what else have we got hey did you watch squid games i did i loved it i was such a fan i i enjoyed squid games very very much you know i thought of this back when squid games ended i thought you know usually when something is such a huge success wins all kinds of awards, gets millions and millions, hundreds of millions of viewers. There's usually a season two. Well, the problem is almost everybody died. Seriously, if you saw Squid Games, you know what I'm talking about. Spoiler alert, almost everyone dies. Well, Here's the story from the MalayMail.com. Link is in our show notes. Squid Game director is in a dilemma about revivi reviving dead characters for a second season 
of Squid Games. What? Yeah, serious. South Korean director Hwang Dong-hyuk, I guess it is. South Korean actress Lee uh, Yoo-mi posed with staff members of Netflix series Squid Games during an Emmys celebration back in uh, September of 2022. The director of Netflix's huge Squid Game series said today, this is September 16th, just a couple days ago, he was in a dilemma over whether to and how to revive dead characters as he is preparing for a second season after making history at the Emmys last week. Squid Games, as you may know, became Netflix's most watched series ever. It was released last September, but boy, doesn't it seem like it was longer ago than that? Um, created countless online memes and Halloween costumes, kickstarted sales of green tracksuits. Nine-episode series offered a fable of deeply unequal capitalist society with cash-strapped contestants playing childhood games with a, for a chance of life-changing sums of money. Well, the writer and director won an Emmy for Outstanding Director for a Drama Series. Lead actor Lee Jung-jae uh, has clinched the honor for Best Actor in Drama, both first Asians to garner those titles and the first from a non-English series. Anyway, the new season apparently going to be shot next year and released in 2024. I want to revive Ji Young, but her best friend, Se Byok, also died. So I'm thinking, what do I do? He told a joint news conference in Seoul. Uh, so many characters died, especially beloved characters. I'm sorry I killed them off so easily. I didn't know this was coming. Of course, what I wanted the most was uh, best drama series because all else that comes at the end of the ceremony where one of the team goes on the stage. I was hoping for such a moment. However, uh, didn't get it. Succession actually won the best drama series. Anyway, he's thinking about, or he is definitely doing a season two. And he's thinking about undeading some characters. Don't, don't, please don't, please don't. I, you know, it, it's either you're going to have to do it. It was a dream sequence and that would really suck. That would be crap. The format of the game and the squid games is such that just cast yourself a bunch of new people who owe a bunch of money and, and are down on their luck and, and put them through new and different games in new and horrible ways, worse than the last time. I, I don't know. I would not want to be the writer on this series because trying to figure out a way to uh, to undead a bunch of people? <laughs> uh, no thanks. That ain't going to work. Anyway, if you have any ideas, you can share them in the comments below if you want. Or send them up in the comments now. You can do that too. All right, what else we got going on here tonight? By the way, we are going to finish Sherlock Holmes tonight no matter what. I promise we're going to get to the end of it. Oh, Terry. Terry Ravuda, this is a public post, so I'm not sharing anything out of school or anything that's private. It's it's just a post. But on our last stream, uh, Sasi the Don, who's an incredible musician here in Malaysia, uh, quite well known. And uh, uh, I, I mentioned I should have him on and talk about, among other things, his music. But of course, the fact that we have some amazing, accomplished 
musicians and artists here in Malaysia who sadly, it's not a glass ceiling, it's like a Malaysian ceiling. They never get the chance to break out. Some of them do. Some of them that even my international audience will know, for example, uh, Yuna is one. Yuna is an amazing talent who has had an incredible success in the music business. She is just, wow, she is absolutely, uh, first, first of all, she's beautiful. Second of all, she has the most amazing voice. And uh, I loved what you wrote, Terry, so I wanted to share it. It's a public post, again, like I said, so I'm not sharing anything that Terry meant to be private. And it, it is in our show notes tonight, so do check it out if you just want to. It's just a, it's just words on a page, so it's no big deal here. But um, I want to read what Terry wrote, because what he said is exactly right. I love how unbothered Yuna is with what Malaysian netizens think of her. And boy, that's true. She's already living her best life as a creative, uh, creative creator and her talents overseas appreciated by the people there in developed nations. And they're mostly not bothered by her outlook, her fashion choice, hijab or not, nor her belief or lack thereof different interpretations by the developed nations. She's even premiered as influential hijabi Muslim Western celebrities in articles before. None questioned her style, and certainly no one questioned her faith. All appreciated her talents. Yes, that is exactly right. Terry, well said. Share that link out. It's brilliant. Give him a like and a follow. He's got 50, 52 likes on that thing. Anyway, Yuna, amazing. Uh, we have other incredible talents. Uh, Jacqueline Victor, dear friend of mine, is perhaps one of the most, uh, I mean, I would put her on a par with Whitney Houston, and I'm not kidding. Uh, it's not being hyperbolic or whatever you want to call it. Uh, Jacqueline Victor has one of the most amazing voices I have ever heard in my life, and I spent 20 over years in radio listening to all kinds of amazing singers. Uh, why Jacqueline has never made it internationally? I don't know why. Whether she doesn't want to, uh, or she's hit that Malaysian ceiling. I don't know what it is, but if anybody, I mean, there's a ton of them. We have some incredible artists here in Malaysia that sadly never get the chance to uh, to break out, and they deserve those chances, absolutely. Uh, Jacqueline Victor is right at the top of my list as far as incredible talents who deserve. She has an amazingly successful career here in Malaysia. In my humble opinion, she could have an amazing, successful career across the world if given a chance. All right, we've got one more to go, and then we're going to get on to it. Why are we? Oh, okay, that's why. Because there's sound to this one. Okay, <laughs> there is a video to this. Uh, I'm not sure if I can play this or not. We'll try. We'll see what we can do here. Anyway, we always end with a good news story before we get to our book, and this is the one I picked for tonight. Check this out. A deaf dog is adopted by a Michigan teen who also has hearing loss, and now they're inseparable. This is the 
Weedus story. A teen from Bentley, Michigan, insists that dogs with special needs deserve love too. All right, I'm going to try and punch up this audio and see if I can play this. I may double my voice here for a second, but uh, that's all right. Stand by and we'll figure it out and see if it works. Let's see. Here we go. Play! And we decided to not only have dogs here, but accompany that with hot dogs. So you can meet and greet and eat. It's a lot of fun. It's really great to see all of the hotel guests here and people who've come locally, some people who are looking for dogs themselves and other people who just want want some cuddles. So it's nice. We have a couple different goals with all of the events that we do at Moxie East Village. Um, one, we want to have a lot of exciting events for our guests, so when they're in town, you know, not only is New York City the draw, but also the hotel in and of itself. And then we also want to be an open and inviting place for all of the locals who live in the neighborhood. We want to be a place where everyone can come and meet dogs or come to a comedy show or, you know, come to our rooftop, the ready. There's so many things to do here. here. Cool. Uh, that from uh, Fox News, and again, this uh, amazing story. A Michigan teen with hearing loss rescued a deaf dog from a shelter, wants others to know the importance of pet adoption. Uh, Walter Cosano, 14 years old, and his family adopted Dave, a six-year-old pit bull mix, a little over a month ago. The pair have been inseparable since then. Mom, Mindy Cousineau of Bentley, Michigan, told Fox Digital News, uh, Walter wanted Dave because he knows that animals in the shelter with special needs are typically overlooked. He, uh, he could be his buddy and know what he was going through and understand. And there is a picture of Walker and, uh, Dave. <laughs> look at it. Look at what a, what a great shot. If you're listening on the podcast, just go to our rumble or check out the link in our show notes. You can, uh, you can check out the story. Uh, this is a, a pit bull mix who is deaf and, uh, Walker himself, ninth grade student who also is hearing impaired. I think Walker needed somebody too. She added his mom. It worked out perfectly. Walker was not born with hearing loss, but when he was 10, doctors discovered he had a kidney disorder called Allport syndrome, which affected his hearing. So, uh, Yeah. A match made in heaven. Look at the two of these guys. Absolutely incredible. What a heartwarming story. Wow, that's nice. All righty, there you go. Our good news story for today. How about that? Mm, okay, we're still doing good over here. We're not so good on Rumble. I don't know why or what's going on, but uh, that's all right. We'll figure it out. YouTube still seems to be okay so far. Can't tell you about Facebook and Twitch, but off we go. All right. It is time to move on and over to our book. We are going to wrap up Sherlock Holmes, which means Monday we're going to be starting a new book coming up. All right. And uh, right now, let's punch over here to our book and wrap up this incredibly weird story that we started many streams ago. I'm sure that you're right, Mr. Holmes, cried our client. A thousand things come back to me which make me certain that you've hit it. 
Oh, let us lose not an instant in bringing help to this poor creature. We must be circumspect, for we're dealing with a very cunning man. We can do nothing until seven o'clock. At that hour we shall be with you, and it will not be long before we solve the mystery. We were as good as our word, for it was just seven when we reached the Copper Beaches. Having put up our trap at a wayside public house, the group of trees, with their dark leaves shining like burnished metal in the light of the setting sun, were sufficient to mark the house, even had Miss Hunter not been seen standing smiling on the doorstep. "'Have you managed it?' said Holmes. A loud thudding noise came from somewhere downstairs. "'That is Mrs. Trawler in the cellar,' said she. "'Her husband lies snoring on the kitchen rug. Here are the keys.' which are the duplicates of Mr. Rucastle's. Ah, you've done well indeed, cried Holmes with enthusiasm. Now, lead the way, and we shall soon see the end of this black business. We passed up the stair, unlocked the door, followed on down a passage, and found ourselves in front of the barricade, which Miss Hunter had described. Holmes cut the cord and removed the transverse bar. He then tried the various keys in the lock, but without success. No sound came from within, and at the silence, Holmes' face clouded over. "'I trust we're not too late,' he said. "'I think, Miss Hunter, that we'd better go in without you. Now, Watson, put your shoulder to it, and we shall see whether we cannot make our way in.' It was an old rickety door, and gave at once before our united strength. Together we rushed into the room. It was empty. There was no furniture save a little pallet bed, a small table, and a basket full of linen. The skylight above was open, and the prisoner was gone. "'There's been some villainy here,' said Holmes. "'This beauty has guessed Miss Hunter's intentions and has carried his victim off. "'But how? Through the skylight?' We shall soon see how he managed it. He swung himself up onto the roof. Ah, yes, he cried. Here's the end of a long light ladder against the eaves. That's how he did it. But it's impossible, said Miss Hunter. The ladder was not there when the Rucastles went away. He's come back and done it. I tell you, he is a clever and dangerous man. I should not be very much surprised if this here were... He, whose step I hear now upon the stair, I think. Watson, that would be well for you to have your pistol ready. The words were hardly out of his mouth, before a man appeared at the door of the room, a very fat and burly man with a heavy stick in his hand. Miss Hunter screamed and shrunk against the wall at the sight of him. But Sherlock Holmes sprang forward and confronted him. You villain! said he. Where is your daughter? The fat man cast his eyes round and then up at the open skylight. It is for me to ask you that, he shrieked, you thieves. Spies and thieves, I've caught you, have I? You are in my power. I'll serve you. He turned and clattered down the stairs as hard as he could go. He's gone for the dog, cried Mrs. Hunter. Miss Hunter. I have my revolver, said I. Mm, better close the front door, cried Holmes, and we all rushed down the stairs together. 
We'd hardly reached the hall when we heard the bang of a hound, and then a scream of agony with a horrible worrying sound which it was dreadful to listen to. An elderly man with a red face and shaking limbs came staggering out of a side door. My God, he screamed, someone has loosed the dog. It's not been fed for two days. Quick, quick, or it'll be too late. Holmes and I rushed out and round the angle of the house with Toller hurrying behind us. There was the huge, famished brute, its black muzzle buried in Rucastle's throat while he writhed and screamed upon the ground. Running up, I blew his brains out, and it fell over with its keen white teeth still meeting in the great creases of his neck. With much labor we separated them, and carried him, living but horribly mangled, into the house. We had laid him upon the drawing-room sofa, and having dispatched the sober taller to bear the news to his wife, I did what I could to relieve his pain. We were all assembled round him when the door opened, and a tall, gaunt woman entered the room. "'Mrs. Toller!' cried Miss Hunter. "'Yes, Miss. Mr. Rucastle let me out when he came back before he went up to you. "'Ah, Miss, it is a pity you didn't let me know what you were planning, "'for I would have told you that your pains were wasted.' Ha! said Holmes, looking keenly at her. It is clear that Mr. Toller knows more about this matter than anyone else. Yes, sir, I do, and I'm ready enough to tell you what I know. Then pray, sit down. Let us hear it, for there are several points on which I must confess I'm still in the dark. I will soon make it clear to you, said she, and I'd have done so before now if I could have got out from the cellar. If there's a police court business over this, you'll remember that I was the one who stood your friend, and that I was Miss Alice's friend, too. She was never happy at home. Miss Alice wasn't. From the time that her father married again, she was slighted like, and had no say in anything. But it never really became bad for her until after she met Mr. Fowler at a friend's house. As well as I could learn, Miss Alice has rights of her own will. But she's so quiet and patient. She was that she never said a word about them, just left everything in Mr. Rucastle's hands. He knew he was safe with her, but when there was a chance of a husband coming forward, who would ask for all that the law would give him? and her father thought it was time to put a stop to it. He wanted her to sign a paper so that, whether she married or not, he could use her money. When she wouldn't do it, he kept on worrying her until she got brain fever, and for six weeks was all at death's door. Then she got better at last, went to a shadow, with her beautiful hair cut off, but that didn't make no change in her young man. He stuck to her as true as a man could be. Ah, said Holmes, I think what you have been good enough to tell us makes the matter fairly clear, and I can deduce, deduce all that remains. Mr. Rucastle, then, I presume, took to the system of imprisonment? Yes, sir. And brought Miss Hunter down from London in order to get rid of the disagreeable persistence of Mr. Fowler? That was it, sir. Uh, but 
Mr. Fowler, being a persevering man, as a good seaman should be, blockaded the house, and having met you, succeeded by certain arguments, metallic or otherwise, in convincing you that your interests were the same as his. Mr. Fowler was a very kind-spoken, free-handed gentleman, said Mrs. Toller serenely, and in this way he managed that your good man should have no want of drink, and that a ladder should be ready at the moment your master had gone out. You have it, sir, just as it happened. Well, I'm sure we owe you an apology, Mrs. Toller, said Holmes, for you've certainly cleared up everything which puzzles us. And here comes the country surgeon and Mrs. Rucastle, so I think, Watson, that we had best escort Miss Hunter back to Winchester, as it seems to me that our locus standee now is rather a questionable one. And thus was solved the mystery of the sinister house with the copper beeches in front of the door. Mr. Rucastle survived, but was always a broken man kept alive solely through the care of his devoted wife. They still live with their old servants, who probably know so much of Rucastle's past that he finds it difficult to part from them. Mr. Fowler and Miss Rucastle were married, by special license in Southampton, the day after their flight, and he is now the holder of a government appointment in the Isles of Mauritius. As to Miss Violet Hunter... My friend Holmes, rather to my disappointment, manifested no further interest in her when once she had ceased to be the center of one of his problems, and she is now the head of a private school at Walsall, where I believe she has met with considerable success. The End <laughs> And that is the entire adventures of Sherlock Holmes. Wow. That took forever to get through. Every chapter, and there were 12 or 13, 14 of them, every chapter is a new adventure, which is kind of cool because it all fits into one nice little chapter thing. So, uh, yeah, that's it. That is The Adventures of Sherlock Holmes. Coming up on Monday, we will start a new book. You'll have to tune in Monday to find out what we're going to do. But we'll be doing that, as we always do, uh, on Monday's uh, live show. So if you are in the market for a new podcast in your little bookshelf of podcasts you regularly listen to, just head over to wherever you find your podcasts and look for The Jay Sheldon Show. That's our logo there. Boom. And uh, just search The Jay Sheldon Show. It'll pop up. Hit follow or subscribe wherever. Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Radio Public, Geo7 in India. We are on all the podcast platforms. Just search us out, give us a follow and a subscribe. We really appreciate it. Thank you much. And I will see you again on Monday night with another adventure of the Jay Sheldon Show. Good night, everybody. <laughs>